Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow. Woohoo! Welcome back, Black and Yellow Nation. Hey, hey, hey. It's December, y'all. Woo! Winter, <laughs> winter is here. Yup. <laughs> Even though I look outside and it's bright and it's shiny and it feels like it should be warm, I step outside and I'm like, oh, no, better go back inside and put some long something long on, maybe a scarf as well, because it's cold. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to anyone who's on the East Coast listening. Judge us. Yeah. Yes, we know. We're like California wimpies when it comes to cold. I know that you guys have the, are rocking that 37 degree weather. Our ha- our hearts go out to you. Our heat does too. Um, yeah, that's tough. No, I I, I there, guys. yeah I I would not. That's why I'm here, and that's why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> with all that said, it is good to be back and connecting with you today. If you're a new listener, welcome. It's good to have you. S- relax, subscribe, stay a while, and if you're a return listener, it's great to have you back. Uh, We are almost done with 2020, and we are ending it with a bang. That bang is coming in the form of a giveaway. We wanted to put some love in your mailbox uh, towards the end of the year to get you ready for 2021. And Jack, you want to tell our listeners what's good with that giveaway? Yes, I do. So we teamed up with the Bossed Up community. Um co-founded, not co-founded, founded and CEO of Emily Aries. Um, and they, um, we partnered with them and we are giving away a life tracker planner mm-hmm. for 2021 along, hello, 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 along, <laughs> um, anyone there with um, some bonus goodies um some bonus giveaways um that you only know once um obviously you get them or once you um, enter the giveaway so if you guys haven't yet um go to our instagram at black and yellow podcast and find the giveaway post you all you have to do is three simple things you just have to like you have to comment and you have to follow us um and then you'll be entered and we hope to give away all these goodies to someone who is excited um and ready to uh Uh, enter 2021 i'm sure we all are (laughs) exactly and uh fun bonus so our final episode of the year is going to be with emily aries herself so she created the life tracker planner she is all about getting women getting individuals ready to tackle big audacious goals and let's be real 2021 we got to dream big y'all we have to be on the path for success for that so if you cannot wait for the giveaway if you're like nah i gotta get my hands on this life tracker planner right now there is also a discount code it is black and yellow so you if you want to hop on to bossedup.org and then find the life tracker planner that speaks to you you can use our 15 percent off discount code to get your own life tracker planner and with that said let's get into the nitty-gritty of today's episode so i don't know if you have noticed but every time i turn on the news i am met with mess flaming hot garbage every single day it doesn't stop we cannot get our current president out fast enough he is creating chaos and rucka at every single turn and every time i watch the news i want to pluck my eyeball my eyeballs out and then question whether or not i want to replace them it is that bad 
Oh gosh, it is, it is, it is, it is so bad that I have actually refrained from looking at the news. Ugh, I'm like, so jealous. I, yeah, like I, well, first of all, I don't have cable. I don't have like, like a, like my living situation is, is very interesting right now. So I don't have immediate access to like, just turn on the television, um, uh, at least in the, in the home that I am in right now. Um, when I go over to my other family's house, they turn on the news and I do see ah. a, the occasional mess um, in my life. Ugh. But, I'm sorry, but girl. yeah, it's just, I saw this post yesterday. It was cracking me up where it was like, it's like the worst days of like USA history. And, and it would, it was saying like Pearl Harbor or like some kind of earthquake. And then it would, and then it said something like last Friday, last Tuesday, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. then the death toll. Real talk. And, and, and it, it is, it is, it is insane. Like I thought we, we thought that maybe the worst of it had passed, but apparently not. Yeah. So, in the spirit of the year coming to a close, we wanted to do an episode that's a little more personal, so we are going to get reflective. It's going to be a solo app, just Jack and I, because off mic, we, during one of our phone date slash working sessions, because now they are the same thing, um, we found ourselves talking about life before the pandemic and life now, and noticing that it was easy to talk about the bad stuff, the hard stuff, the frustrating stuff, the tragic stuff. We were having a tough time thinking through the positive stuff. And so let's be real. Life came at all of us this year. Most of the population was living in panic, react, survive, just keep going, do what you can do because you don't know what's just around the corner mode. And that gets exhausting and that gets tiring, but it's also superhuman because when the future is unclear, you can only do what you can in the moment to prepare for God knows what comes next. And I think when you live in that mode, you, uh, you're reacting and life is happening to you, but you're not living it. Yeah. I think, um, I think people were just sort of like, it almost felt like we were in this haze, right? Like, like we, we really couldn't see beyond that haze and mm. there are many conspiracy theories about what COVID really is and and who's behind all of this and who's in charge and all this stuff and can we trust our government can we trust the people who are in charge who are making the vaccine all that stuff and so I think it was a very interesting time and we talked about this on and off um, air quite a few times about how how COVID made everything so restricted but i but within that restriction there was a lot of space because you mm-hmm. had to be you had to be with yourself you were faced with yourself and um and so i think that allowed for a lot of stuff to come up um yes. and and so and so yeah this is going to be an interesting one for us to just kind of you know dive in and and, and sure. peel back the layers yeah. Are, As, you, are you an onion? My little onion yes, over there. I am. And, and I am. And, and knowing me, I will always have in the wintertime at least two or three layers. So just so you know. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. With all that said, though, this year has been a really remarkable one. Even though there's been a lot of tragedy and a lot of chaos, I do think it's important to reflect on how this year has shaped us personally and how this year has shaped the the way that we see the world. So we're 
full-on reflecting on today's episode. We're going to be talking through four major themes that we noticed a change in this year, and we hope this episode inspires you to do some reflecting of your own. Reflection's always good. You know, think through 2020, get out with the bad, in with the good, getting ready for 2021. That's the goal here. But before we get to that, let's put our money where our mouth is, shall we? Let's do it, guys. So our our small business spotlight, where we spotlight Asian Black-owned businesses, where we like to diversify our dollars. It is our form of economic protest here on this show, and we all know you vote with your money. So let's oh. put our money where our mouth is. Um, <laughs> I, I love this little small business. Um, it's um, Hey Rooted. Dot com, um, rooted. They're based out of New York. I love their story. Um, so this is also a dear, near and dear to my heart. So they are on a mission to reconnect people with nature, one house plant at a time. We started rooted, <laughs> right? As I have like my little hairspray. I love. Um, we started rooted because we firmly believe in positive mental, emotional, and physical health benefits associated with having greenery in your space. When they first moved to New York, they felt disconnected from the lush environment they were so used to in California and Hawaii. And having instead replaced it with this urban jungle we also know and love. So buying plants for their space helped fill that void. Um, They believe that plants aren't just beautiful things that make our space look and feel great. They have been scientifically proven to better your health and happiness as well. Um, the entire process was difficult to say the least. Finding plants was one thing, but getting them home another and taking care of them nearly impossible at first. So that's why they decided to create a one-stop shop that would make plant buying experience more fun, convenient, and accessible in the most sustainable way possible. Um, so they started by throwing plant parties in their... In their Brooklyn apartment, um, which I think is so cute, and I kind of want to throw one of my own now. You um, have to. That's <laughs> super up your alley. Absolutely. Right? Totally. Um, and they personal and started they started delivering personally um, every, each plant by hand, um, which which also makes my heart happy. Um, two years, three stores, and thousands of ha- of happy customers later, um, they're psyched to provide us with the service that they do affordable plants with fresh educational content to guide you on your journey. Um, and then this little blurb was so cute on their website. It said, we'll probably make some mistakes along the way, but we'll apologize profusely, learn from them and do better. We promise to put you first and continuously work towards our mission in reconnecting you to nature. Here's to greener thumbs, greener minds, and a greener world. Um, and so, yeah, it's super cute. Go to their website called HeyRooted.com. They're also on Instagram at HeyRooted. Um, and it's it's just this, like, tiny, tiny um, group of people that run Asian, Asian Americans um, who run Rooted out of New York. And um, obviously, you can buy everything online. And they obviously ship to you as well. Free, They ship um, free nationwide. Um, and yeah, go for it, guys. Get a little plant in your house. I will say I have given away more house plants as gifts this year than I think ever before. Just because for some reason this year a house plant made a lot more sense to give as a gift than a 
gift card or a ticket to a concert or something like that. Yeah, it, it made sense because like you're at home every day, yeah. you're not going anywhere, and and there is this joy. It's like it's not like a baby, but it is like for someone who who sure. who's never taking care of something. And when you see it grow, when you see it get bigger, when when you see it like get brown, you know, it's like there is the highs and lows <laughs> of it. Of like I'm killing my plant. Yes, absolutely. Um. Uh, a guest that's been on this show before, Hollis Hart, my sister-in-law, she opted out of Thanksgiving this year. She fasted. And so instead of bringing her food, I brought her a house plant instead because I was like, Aww. everyone deserves something on Thanksgiving, even though it's not a gift-giving holiday. You know, you give food. So like I wanted yeah. to give her a, a thing. But hey, Rooted, is that like, hey, I'm Rooted? Or is that like, <laughs> hey, that you like feed to horses, Rooted? Just, just to clarify. It is, hey, I'm rooted. Hey, my roots are good. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I will drop that in the show notes. Uh, okay, so for mine, this is a business with a curveball. So I chose the company Zuri, Z-U-R-I, on Instagram. It's at Zuri Kenya. And I have been shopping with this brand ooh, for about five or six years now. I was in New York. I was determined to walk from the Lower East Side all the way up to Harlem. I did exactly that. And I saw their physical store along the way, stopped in. It is globally inspired women's clothing, ethically sourced and produced in Kenya. Wow. It's great clothing. Every woman's new everyday uniform for sure. Their whole tagline is look good, feel good, do good. I mm. cannot emphasize how much I love this brand enough and how much I love their stuff. Curveball, while the line is produced in Kenya and a lot of the clothing is brightly colored African prints, I for the longest time had thought this is a black owned business. Ah, it's not. It's Asian owned and white owned. What? Go fucking figure. Yes, I did not know that until I was writing this blurb up for the show and clicked on their about page and was like, wait, where are the black people at? Where the, where's the black <laughs> owner? Oh, there isn't one. So yes, it was started by two women, Sandra Zhao and Ashley Gersh Miller. And they are on a very simple mission. We believe that sustainable economies develop from businesses that operate fairly and ethically and create products that people want. Having spent a combined decade in Nairobi, jealous, We've wow. seen how much, right, we've seen how much both corruption and aid can distort markets, resulting in wasted resources and unsustainable livelihoods. We hope that by paying fair wages, sourcing locally, and making a product that our customers truly love, we will be helping us to support a long-term sustainable economy in Kenya. Ladies, I bow to you. My hat is off. Uh, the great thing about this brand, so this brand was built on one dress, one dress. It wow. looks good on everyone. I really? swear I have three. They're awesome. They look good on short women, tall women, pregnant women. It doesn't make you look like you have a muumuu on thin women. It's this line is so good. I cannot uh, express it enough. And it basically started because I believe it was Zhao who was pregnant and wanted to wear something fashionable ah. and cool and hip to a wedding. And she made her own dress. And then Ashley wow. said, hey, I love that dress. And they teamed up. It's very much a sisterhood of the traveling pants 
kind yeah. of model. But um, this line is awesome. They've got the shirt dresses that can be worn as shirts, dresses, jackets, whatever. They've also got button-down shirts. They've got great beaded belts. They've also got beaded dog collars, handmade baskets if you want a gift for your home. So check out Zuri. It's really, really awesome. You're supporting women literally all over the world, and it's a great gift, and their stuff lasts forever. So hey, Rooted, Zuri, check them out. Yes, yes, definitely. That is so cool. What are the, what are, I mean, they might as well be Kenyans, right? Like they, well, that's they... what I thought. Because when I shopped at the store, it was, I mean, it was only black people. So I thought, of course, this is a black owned company. Like, right. why would it not be a black owned company? Now, granted, you go onto their website, there's models of all different colors. But I was like, African clothing? This is an African owned business. And right, right, right. Not. So I love right. curveballs like that. So shopzuri.com. Hey, Rooted. I will put both of these in the show notes. And shall we get reflective, girl? Shall we hold a mirror up? Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) You are camera ready. I am not, but that is a-okay. I want to kick off this reflection with a question. Do you remember the week leading up to lockdown? Um, I don't know if it was the week or more necessarily like (laughs) months, because Mm. what, what I remember was like, China, right? Like crazy, like what? Like lockdown. And then watching the videos of people, you know, um, like grabbing their food to go, right? Like like sliding down a ramp, like people like just using sticks to to hold them out. Um, And then it was Italy, right? And then it was like Italy for a long time, like weeks of Italy, Italy, geez. And, (laughs) um, and and people and people dying and 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 like and like just seeing those images um and it was just like a lot of heartbreak right for a while mm-hmm. um i i remember just thinking like damn that that's that's really tragic and here we are witnessing it and it's only it, it almost felt like it's only a matter of time of when it it'll get here right as like borders started closing and 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 people I never forget I remember watching the news and I think it was like ABC7 or NBC or something and it was like a map of the United States and it was like little airplane um icons on on the maps mm-hmm. so they said it was like what the newscaster what the new newscaster was saying was that international flights were only coming in to California um or to United States from these specific airports. Mm. And I remember that moment being like, oh, like they're getting like serious. Like they're not going to let people in um, or only, only through those, to those locations um, or those airports. And I remember thinking like, okay, like this is getting more and more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then what? And then I just kind of felt like, oh, like there was a case in Orange County Oh, there is a case in Los Angeles. Oh, there was a case in Pasadena. And then, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. And then it was just the numbers and then it was the lockdown. And that's kind of how I remember. How do you remember it? So I remember having a pretty full work week, but I remember three things specifically. I play competitive dodgeball, which I don't know. I don't know if that's going to come back um, the way that it the way that I remember it with all of the pandemic going on. Cause it's, you know, there's no way to socially distance playing dodgeball. Yeah. Um, I remember there was half, like generally it's a pretty full load of people who come and play dodgeball, about 30 to 40 people. And I remember it was like 20 people. And I was like, wait, what is going on? 
and people were like coronavirus like you don't know and I was like no I know about coronavirus <laughs> silly me but I think this is totally human so please forgive me I was like yeah I know about coronavirus like we don't have coronavirus right because at the time I was like well my friends like yeah, we're all safe. Like we're all in our little bubbles. And then right as we, I think we had just wrapped our game. It came out that one of our dodgeball players wives had just tested positive for COVID. And I do remember that night specifically because I remember the bubble kind of bursting, you know, that, that sense of like, yes, this thing is happening, but it's not happening to me. It's not affecting us. Right, right, right. So I remember that, and I remember that definitely struck some fear. Uh, I remember not seeing a friend of mine for a while, and he was complaining about flu-like symptoms, and he lost his sense of taste and smell, and he wasn't feeling good. And But we hadn't had the terminology for COVID. We didn't exactly know what was going on. And so I was just like, dude, I miss you. Like, I haven't seen you. Like, get your lazy ass up off the couch. And he's like, no, I really feel terrible. And I, and I don't know what's going on and I'm not going to work. And I was like, okay, let me know if I can help you. And as COVID began to become a thing, I suddenly was like, oh, maybe this friend of mine has it. Like he had, I think he had just gone to Japan, Um, but, but really truly being afraid for him. And then I remember the weekend that I had planned before covid shut everything down because in my mind march 16th was like the day that everything shut the f down right which was a monday and i remember it because my fiance had a boys trip out to palm springs and i remember having a very fully stocked weekend like i was gonna go see book of mormon at the amundsen for the first time a friend of mine was in a pole dancing competition so i was gonna go see her how fun celebrate a friend's birthday i had brunch plans and dinner plans (laughs) like i had a fully packed weekend and then little by little it was like oh my birthday is canceled we have this corona okay Pole dancing competition canceled. Corona. Okay. Uh, Brunch canceled. And I was like, oh, and, and the world just suddenly got smaller. I felt like the, the walls of the world were closing in. Jeez. Did you at least go see Book of Mormon? No. No. Uh, and they didn't refund me. Those assholes. No, what? I'm not. Yes. I was so mad. <laughs> they would not refund my ticket. They're like, we're postponing. We're postponing. I'm like, postponing? Who knows when you can get back into a theater or people are going to feel comfortable. So I have a bone to pick with Gold Star because I have still not seen that refund. Yeah, yeah. And and we'll get there when we get to our our, 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 art art department. But damn, what the heck, Gold Star? I do remember my last gig was on March 16th. And it was a morning gig. And I walked into the post-production house and the woman at the counter, the receptionist, sort of looked a little bit shaken and I was like are you okay and she was like I was just walking from Vaughn's to get some toilet paper and someone ran up behind me and tried to like steal it out from under my arm because she was carrying it you know Uh, how you like carry like a clutch almost and someone like tried to push it out from under her arm and she was like I was so taken aback and shocked because I'm walking with toilet paper back to my job and I think in that moment I was like, oh, this is big. Like, like people yeah. are in desperation mode. Yeah, people were it's freaking terrifying. out. No toilet paper for months. No, yep. ever, like, water bottles, toilet paper, like, all these things. You couldn't find masks anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was in the summer and it was hot and you couldn't find shorts to work out in. I do remember that really thing. Yeah, because I think that everyone kind of had the same idea. Like, oh, I'm stuck at home. 
guess I should get physically healthy because like if I'm going to leave, I'm probably only going to be able to leave to exercise. And I remember mm. going to my go-to sites for like biker shorts and they were all sold out. Wow. Crazy. So, so yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. Like that was no. early March. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I remember like, like the, when you speak about the bubble for me too, and, and as the, as the year has gone by, it was kind of like, different for everyone right but for me it was kind of like oh they have it oh I know she has it oh I know like I hear about it but then as like like my my dad's wife's mother got it and their family and I was like oh I was like I now know people who I now know people who I love and who I've met and who are dear to me who now have gotten COVID and yes, and, and they're, and they're in Brazil, right? They're a whole continent away. And then like hearing and all the whole, the whole mess, right. Of like Elon Musk had a whole bit about oh, yeah. it, which was hilarious. And and it's yeah. true. Like how many stories have we heard? Like we had, um, you know, friends or like people we knew who tested positive, tested negative, then had symptoms, then tested negative again, then tested positive. And yeah. it was just like a shit show. Mm-hmm. And it definitely solidifies when you know someone, when there's someone in your personal inner circle who you know has it, that changes the game. Like all of a sudden the fuck shit is out the window because it's real. Right, right, right. It's kind of like, oh no, it's, it's here. Like she's, Corona's here. She, you know, there's, there's, there's no, the reality is now that it's, yes, we hear about it and it almost feels like it's, it's distance. Right. But then when, when it does feel so near and due to your home, then that's when I was kind of, you know, uh, like that's when I started getting like, I mean, everyone, I think everyone went through those stages of extreme paranoia, right? Gloves. I remember in the beginning going to the markets, I had to have gloves. I had to have masks people were going there in like crazy suits and mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes I would laugh at people but then I'd be like well it's not that funny because maybe they're you know maybe they have asthma maybe they have yeah. someone at home who's really old and and um like the stages right of like the paranoia and then it gets yeah. and then it gets a little easier and then maybe you get a little bit more relaxed and then the paranoia kicks in again it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating well, let's talk about how some changes have happened and how we are how we are looking at things differently and how the world is looking at things differently, mm, shall we? Let's do it. Let's start with the big dub. Work. Ooh. Work has changed. The way that you and I view and define work, the way that it feels like society looks at work, what work is and how our work models will change. Mm-hmm, shall mm-hmm. we get into it? Let's do it. I will start this out by saying I miss driving to work every morning. I never thought in a million years I would say that. Or just just driving. Right, right. Right. I miss sitting in traffic. I miss looking to my left and seeing the guy who thinks that no one is looking at him picking his nose. I miss seeing that. I miss seeing, I miss looking to the right and seeing the woman who thinks that she also is alone and apparently on American Idol and is just singing. Like I miss all of that sort of uh connection and and the sights and the sounds of a morning commute i miss it yeah yeah um i agree so how did work change for you because usually you go to the production or you go to the the studio to record right so it work changed for you definitely it, it didn't it didn't so i will say in terms of the voice work i the, the, the studio that I'm recording in now had to be built to uh, accommodate myself and my fiance's work from home needs. 
That being said, we are also getting word word that our uh, seg- section of post-production is now being viewed as essential workers. So we're now starting to go back oh, wow. to post-production houses. Yes, surprise to us as well. But yeah. Um, so in terms of how it changed, recording from home was a huge curveball. I'm a voice actor. Uh, that's the bread and butter. So it went from being just simply being an actor uh, in a booth to suddenly being an actor and my own sound engineer and a little bit of an auto editor. <laughs> like I had to be a jack of all trades, which I actually thank this show a lot for. Mm. I think that I was incredibly thankful to have the podcast mm. this year because I think in a year where people were feeling super disconnected mm-hmm. from the world around them, I really was thankful to you and thankful to the guests that we had on and the conversations that we were able to have with each other. Definitely. Because I felt plugged into the world at large. Yes, I agree. I think especially the guests that we had on the show, thank you to everyone that was on the Mm -hmm. show, Uh, especially with what happened, and we'll get into that too, uh, society-wise with, you know, all these deaths and all these movements. And and, I mean, what a year in in and of itself. Um, I think you're right. I think you're speaking for a lot of people when you say that you missed that connection. And I think many people found that through interviewing, through podcasting, through being on these virtual um, meetings and and whatnot, because that's kind of all we had, right? And so just to be able to still at least see someone's face um, and hear someone's voice um, was enough, right? Totally, totally. And I guess I didn't realize how much I think saying that's enough is a really beautiful way of putting it because it it's it doesn't seem like much. Right. Right? Like on its face it doesn't seem like, you know, it's not like you're not hugging and high-fiving, but you're right. Like just just to have that sort of intimate uh, sorry, emotional human connection was really helpful during this time. We didn't yeah. sleep with any of our guests. Sorry. I misspoke <laughs> when I said intimate. I meant emotional. Well, I don't know about no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But um, I was cleaning up my my bookcase recently, and I picked up a cop a copy of Lean In by Sheryl uh-huh. Sandberg. That whole it's like a workplace guide, but also like for women how to get ahead in business. And so I, many jokes around that book. So many, but also I picked up and I opened it, and I was like, wait, this is talking about a traditional workplace. I don't mm. really know if that's gonna exist anymore. Yeah. Like, I think the traditional workplace is rendered dead for a lot of industries, which also then made me think, are these workplace guides on, like, how to get ahead and how to, you know, are these now archaic and not useful? Well, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. Um, I, for one, am grateful that it somewhat got disrupted. I know it's terrible and tragic for a lot of people, maybe so it seems at first, but I have never... Like, even as an actor auditioning, I think because my perspective of, of, of that world was like, I can mm-hmm. audition from home. And some people love a live, warm room. Totally. And for me, it was like, listen, I'm not about to drive an hour in traffic <laughs> to, be, to be seen for 30 seconds 
um, to never, to not get called back, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I stopped acting this year and maybe next year as well, but my mom didn't stop acting. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting to be part of her because I would help her on the technical side. And I was in the room when she would audition, obviously behind the camera. Um, And so it was interesting to, to see that whole process and how she like booked more than ever from auditioning from home. Um, And that was something I always wished for when I was um, actively auditioning was, Hey, why can't we do this from home? Do you know how many people's times is wasted in traffic, gas money, parking, then getting a ticket because you parked in the wrong area or you didn't pay your meter. There's just so much hassle that could be, um, eased with technology and with that comes a set of like other stuff right like if people had to shoot from home right being sent equipment all that stuff like you had to kind of experience as well but as well in the corporate world like I because I think for me too the the lifestyle that I've always want I don't like I mean I'm an Aquarius right we all know I hate being tied down like that is I don't I've never worked a full nine-to-five job I've never done corporate for a reason um and I think I have this sort of like fighting the system in the sense of like, listen, it's your life. Like you can live it how you want to live it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you mm-hmm. want to be, if you want to be in Thailand and you want to work, you should be able to do that depending obviously on the exact field that you're in. But I think what this co- what COVID really, the pandemic and everything happening really allowed was like, Hey, I can work from home. Yep. Hey, we can do this from home. Hey, we're going to have to do this from home. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think a lot of people found a lot of joy through that and a lot of a lot of ease and and probably a lot more happiness and 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 health, right? Because yeah. there there's so much that goes into commuting and stress um that correlates to your health over like what, 20 years if you're working for a company for that long. Um so I in this in this specific section in terms of work, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm really grateful. I love that point that you just made because I have a point that's similar in the sense that I think that this year people have been forced to reckon with uh I think it's a very American thing to conflate work and identity. Absolutely. My job is who I am. Yeah. My job is where I derive value. And I think this was a year for people to really sit with themselves and go, wait, I want to go to Thailand. Right. And I don't want to be tied down to an office job. But that doesn't mean that if I choose to go to Thailand for two months, a year, whatever, that I'm not a valuable employee, exactly. that I'm not a hard worker. I can actually satisfy my life needs and my work needs. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, sadly, it did take the pandemic to make people stop and go, no, 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 your, your work is not who you are. Your work is not your value. Your work is what you do to pay your bills, put a roof over your family's head and, you know, uh, uh, afford the life that you want or that you have. And I think that as many articles about you are not your work that have gone that have uh been published pre-pandemic suddenly now it feels like we understand that more and i Mm. think that we feel like that because we really had no choice but to sit and look at ourselves and reckon with those feelings um that also being said like i will say i have told people i am a podcaster more in this year because of the fact that I think that the work that we do on this show is valuable. 
Like I don't necessarily derive a sense of worth from being a podcaster, but my sense of worth comes from putting out good content. Yes. And I feel like I distinguished that in my mind this year. Ah. Yeah. And so, but I think a lot of people also had to reckon with this, like, am I my work? Is my job my identity? And I think that was really difficult for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Especially the people who just got laid off right away. Oh, man. Well, that's actually, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Or, like, the people who, you know, because, like, in certain companies, some people were considered essential workers, like, especially yes. in, the med- in the medical industry, right? Like, yes. some people were considered essential workers and some people weren't. And so for that group of people that weren't considered essential workers, either got laid off or furloughed or had to work from home or had to take a, cut, a pay cut, mm-hmm. what is that for them, right? Like, what is that, like people's loyalties to their own companies were questioned. Yes. Um, You know, the identity is a huge part of like, well, then do I want to work for a company that is going to treat me like this? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the identity and the lifestyle meaning like, okay, well now that I don't have work, what can I do? What, what do I, what do I actually want to do? Oh, actually I've hated this job for 30 years. Now what am I going to do? I'm I like, I've always wanted to to quit or be fired subconsciously. And now here I am. Um, And so I'm sure a lot of people were faced with like, Oh, okay. I actually am happier without this job, and I think that that I think that is a great thing it, it, amidst all that tragic tragedy and 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 confusion and pain and maybe like uncertainty of how you're gonna pay the next month's mortgage. Um, but I think that's also just life, and I think things happen, and you just have to roll with the punches because I think there's always a bigger and deeper meaning to everything, and I don't think we get sure. to see that right away. And you and you honestly can only put the pieces together in retrospect mm-hmm. um and I do think that experience happened for a lot of people you know yeah totally I I think that also we pre-pandemic put a lot of focus and emphasis on jobs with that I would say have like shiny cool veneers <laughs> like your content creators your content managers yeah. your yeah. you know the jobs that sound cool maybe right. they pay well maybe they don't but there's a cachet there and I think that through this pandemic we a saw who was truly essential like need versus want essential yeah Yeah, cool like your social media content da 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 that person is i but that person who is delivering (sighs) your food and growing your food and packing your food that person is actually essential or that social media da 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 doesn't eat right and i think that with with that now known we have to create more social safety nets for sure for these people that are not able to work from home for these mm-hmm. people who have to go out into the world and work. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that we always knew that those those structures were not in place, but I think that this really drove home that we desperately need to help these people and watch out for these people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think other people that we need to watch out for are women. Because yes. let's be real. This year even before the pandemic, so much extra work was put on women from emotional labor to housework that's unpaid to spiritual labor, if you will, like sort of taking care of someone else's emotional and what spiritual about, well-being. What, what about kids? What about kids who didn't go to Child care, yeah. all of those things. I feel like now more than ever, we have to push for gender equality and gender equity. Definitely. Because during the pandemic- 
the excess workload fell on women without question. Without question. Yeah. We already know that we women get paid less. And when the pandemic hit, it was mostly women who either lost their jobs or had to voluntarily quit to help out around the house. Women were pushed to the edge this year. Mm -hmm. We were frayed this year. We've got to assist and help women more because if we don't, then women plateau and don't get to reach their full potential in the workplace. Ooh, I am really fired up about this. Yeah. Our government leaders and our employers need to push for equitable wages for women. Women are valuable. We know that. You know who's good at working from home? Women. You want to know why? We've done it forever. Yeah. Pay Damn us right. fairly. It is unacceptable to not right. give us equal equal workloads with the men that you're working with and pay women fairly. Women deserve to have their full potential met in the workplace without saddling them with all of this unpaid labor and emotional labor, right. extra housework, extra child care. It yeah. ultimately hurts women from reaching their full potential and it's disgusting and we have to do better. Right, right. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, I think- I'm going to stop shouting now. <laughs> just drives me crazy it is it, it it's like fundamentally rooted you know where mm-hmm. it, it hasn't changed and i mean if you compare us to other countries in terms of maternity leave like that just yes. says it all right yeah like, yeah like you need to care for the person who works for you otherwise this person isn't gonna do a good job right for you and for their baby and mm-hmm. the ultimate I, I think what also to the biggest thing that happened in this pandemic was like hey your health is the first and mo- first and foremost important thing right and when we talk about health if anything it happened this year to really be about your physical health your mental health your spiritual health we're talking about all areas of health right yeah so i think we cannot deny the fact that fundamentally these systems of of being taken care of on 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 a on a much deeper level like you said the structures did not exist and right. we have to understand that taking care of each other is what's going to make it work right mm-hmm. wearing a mask is what's going to make it work cooperating is what is what's going to make it work and so you have we have to do that otherwise like you said in this scale, it was like, if we don't do that, people are going to get COVID. But right. also, if you don't do that in terms of equal pay and equality and equity, then people are going to be unhappy and people are going to be unhealthy. So mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. So hopefully, I mean, it's it's got to it's gotta be different. There's, there's no way yeah. around it. I mean, ultimately, taking care of each other is taking care of yourself. Right. There, there's no other way around that. Um. And I think that we tried as a society to take care of each other. I think we have more work to do. Uh, but in terms of the workplace, I feel like I'm left with two rhetorical questions. Those questions are, will a virtual first model be the new way of working? Or will mm-hmm. a hybrid way of working be the yeah. new going to the office? I think that remains to be seen, but I am interested to know the answer to that. And then What's going to happen to the people that cannot work from home? Right. There was so much talk about work from home this year, but that doesn't apply to everyone. No, not at all. You know, the people yeah. who work in in um, 
uh, industries that sort of are waiting to bounce back. I'm thinking about travel. I'm thinking about transportation, retail, personal care, food service to a, a degree, depending on what uh, part of food service you're in, yeah, cleaning, that- maintenance, those kinds of businesses that you can't work from home. What happens to those people and their lives and their livelihoods in the next year to five years gives me a lot of concern. Yeah, I agree. I think those people are definitely those the, the people in those categories are are definitely also very shooken up. Um and they yeah. might be question they might be questioning whether or not they should continue in this in this path, but but I think that you know, there is going to be a need. There's still a need. There's still that there is still enough of a need for that. So, I don't know. We shall see. Okay, shall All we right. roll on? Okay, let's go to theme to culture <laughs> I mean, you know, like a lot changed this year. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that I knew before the pandemic that only solidified the, during the pandemic. Culture, things like art, things like creation, those sorts of culture-based things, uh, they're indispensable and they're irreplaceable. We need them as a culture. Mm-hmm, we need mm-hmm. them to keep going. We need them to distract us. We need them to entertain us. We need Fuel them to make us. us think. Absolutely. Yeah. That being said, every it felt like culture in terms of art was shrunken. Totally. Was all meant to fit our device screens, whether it's computers, uh, yeah. iPads, phones. It's like, honey, I shrunk the art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think in terms of like streaming, in terms of like media, in terms of um, that, like, you know, like digesting all of those TV shows, um, I think the streaming devices um, or the streaming platforms, like in, the, in those terms, like blew up. I think people who never sure. had, I think people who never, was interest remotely interested in Netflix decided yeah. to get a Netflix subscription. Yeah. Um I also think um you know it's curious as like an artist I always think of like the filming aspect of it because that's changed a lot um and a lot like movie theaters right we talked about this on our our show um on our one of our episodes um you know just there's no movie theaters and so Mm -hmm. that whole chunk of hollywood is is very different now because everything is being pushed to just being again from home right yeah um i my i think my brother and i were having this conversation about how we think like movie theaters and malls are just gonna like shut down completely um dylan feels the same way like like you you'll you'll have maybe one like mega right which has like mm-hmm. your walmart and your malls like maybe one mega in each city but other than that like people just shop online you don't even people don't try on clothes anymore and if they do they try it on at home and then they return it right it's so easy to return things um people are only going to watch movies from home and if you really want to like there might be like a couple movie theaters that are really rare that you i'm just like foreseeing the future here mm-hmm. um it, it just kind of makes sense um and it's unfortunate as magical as the movie theaters are society is just changing um tvs are getting bigger if you have surround sound and you turn off the lights you can create the same atmosphere um so so yeah it was um music what about concerts like you have these drive-in raves now oh, you girl. know like oh, you're girl. you're the concert goer here My so word. talk to me about that so okay B- before i get to that i want to say about the movie theaters i'm actually on the fence my logical mind wants to say movie theaters are dead like because everything yeah. you just said checks out makes sense right all of the things but i feel like 
there is also a generational thing with movie theaters. For like, sure. Millennials and younger, yeah, like, cool. We have we can do it from Bye. home. We don't need to, yeah. to do that. We don't need to pay all that extra money and have that experience. But right. I do think of the older generations who are used to uh, going to a movie theater or a theater theater uh, as a means of escape mm. in a way that because millennials, Gen Z, and younger, we have grown up with this technology to varying degrees. I think the idea of like going to a place to be transported, maybe mentally to a movie or to a Broadway show, that affects us less. Like we're less impacted by like, oh, hold on, pause this. I got to go to the restroom. Whereas I know my mom is like, no, you can't walk out of the movie now. It's the best part. Like that sort yeah, of a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I will not lie to you. I have been hurting with lack I, of concerts and lack I of festivals. Know, I know. What are you gonna do? What's what, what's gonna happen? So at the top of the at the top of the pandemic, when festivals were happening online, I was like, okay, like sure, out inside lands as opposed to outside <laughs> lands. I see you, San Francisco. Uh-huh. Uh, lightning in a bottle at home. I yeah. see you there, too. It's yeah. just not the same. Like, I... Of course not! Are you kidding I think me? I was, like, sitting in front of my computer, like, doing work as, like, Glitch Mob was playing, and I was like, uh-uh. Like, I, like, I, I appreciate <laughs> With your dog the gesture. You. Right! I appreciate the gesture, but, like, I... This is not... <sighs> the tight Lame. shit like <laughs> I don't want to dance around in my living room and with all the lights off drinking way too much because eventually <laughs> the lights will come back on and I will be at home drunk as a skunk and that's not cute um Dave Grohl uh wrote a great article about the future of concerts I'll put it in the show notes because it, it did give me some hope I mean I do think that we will jam again I do yeah, think that we it's will it's only a matter of time yeah do I think that festivals are going to be a thing in the next three to five years? Probably not. Mm. I'm, I have more faith in concerts coming back because I do think depending on where concerts are happening, you can socially distance. Yeah, I think you have a place like the Hollywood Bowl. For controlled instance. environment. Yeah. But a festival, I think that, I think that festivals are going to be a thing a relic of the past for at least another five years until wow, we can get really? all of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cause I think of a festival and I just think of how many people and from where everyone is coming from. That's true. And I mean, let's think of the United States. I mean, I say countries, but the United States is like 50 individual countries. Right. Everyone's doing things their own way as opposed to other countries. They might be doing things uniform, but different than the way that we're doing it here in the States and how do people feel comfortable right, being right. like smushed up against other people, partying, having fun, whatever. Right. Like, and I do. I think, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was no, going to no, say, I do think the, the aspect of, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? the, the environment that a festival brings on, you know, you are drinking, you are experimenting with drugs, you are having a good time. You're, you're, you're letting loose, right? You're letting, mm -hmm. you're letting the side out of you that, that you only maybe let out during festivals. You, you let out all that pent up emotion, whatever it may yeah. be. And you're not going to give a, a rat's ass about socially distant. That's going to be the totally. last thing on That's your mind. Fair. Yeah. And, and wearing yeah, yeah. a mask on top of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I, I would agree with you on that point, especially in that aspect. A hundred percent. Um. I, 
sorry, I had a weird pop up on my screen. Okay. Um, I do think that this pandemic has solidified a has solidified digital culture. Like we, we oh, for sure. had digital culture before this. We are all fully digital culture now. And I do kind of love it because I will say during the pandemic, I witnessed some, re- I feel like I became a more international person because I was witnessing art being created by artists from all over the world and all different time zones. And I was able to emotionally connect with it because of this direct to consumer model that for was- sure happening now more than ever this year and it did give me pause and make me think oh my god like before the pandemic i would have no idea that this amazing uh uh eight minute ballet of all of the swans from all over the world who have ever danced swan lake coming together i would never have thought that that would have emotionally impacted me Mm. but it also gave me pause and made me go okay well what is ballet like in china what is ballet like in the Middle East? Mm. What is contemporary dance like in the Netherlands? And I found myself going into these holes of creativity because I wanted to know what the what the rest of the world was doing and how they were expressing themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same and I want to credit this show that has really pushed me and, and in a way, not not forced, but like wonderfully forced if you want to say that a lovely nudge yeah like like to to really think outside the box and Mm -hmm. to really like I really want to credit our and credit you for our small business segment because I think and I think thinking how can I phrase this I think totally different now in terms of shopping and buying and supporting yes. in a way that I never did before. So now mm-hmm. when I shop or when I buy, um, in my values of like sustainable and ethical come in, come in for sure. But now it's always either black or Asian or colored yeah. or Latino or, or local or, you know, whatever it may be, which I had never really done before. Before it was like Amazon um, mm-hmm. whatever, this, this thing that's been around the corner forever. That's obviously a chain store. Yeah. Um, and I've actually like refrained, like a purpose. People have been like, Oh yeah, get this. Or my mom will be like, how about we buy, just buy this, just go on Amazon or like, you know, people say, and like, I have this like energetic reaction now where I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy from Amazon. I'm going to do my research. Mm-hmm. It might take a little bit longer. I might spend a little bit more, more money. Please be patient with me. Um, but I'm not buying from them, you know, where I can. And I don't think I had that before. Yeah, it sounds like you, first things first, I am not taking credit for our small business segment 100%. It's 50-50 split. But that being said, I do feel like businesses owned by women and people of color have seen an uptick. I just hope that it's not a trend. I hope it keeps going. Right, because I hope. what you're talking about is a solidification of values, of yes, like for of, sure. of consumer which, values, which takes work. Like it takes work, dedication, it discipline, yeah. commitment. It's not the Absolutely. easiest thing because do you know how easy it is to just be like blah blah blah? I'm a robot. I'm gonna go on Amazon, click easy, one day shipping. Woo, mm-hmm. F- five dollars cheaper, even better. Like yeah. they, they do it, so you're you become this like not not cop out, but 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 it's, it's autopilot. Don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and if you're, if Amazon becomes your number one place shopping, then, then like, 
you know, that that's, that's, that's what's gonna happen. But I just I do hope that like, like you said, I hope it doesn't become a trend. It's not just a trend because of COVID. Um, And I really hope people start to see like, think bigger, because it is really dangerous. When someone is too powerful, as we all know, Mm -hmm. as we've all seen, it is way too powerful, because I mean, way too scary when, when, and he already has done enough and has enough of, of power. So all, all, all I'm saying is like, a lot of people will say, you know, um, well, he's already that big or he's already this, but it's like, it it does matter because you are one person and you make a difference. Totally. You know, and I I can't, I can't stress that, stress that enough. Like your choices, your money, your vote makes a difference. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit because I, this is the culture section. I just have to say, I am so proud of black and Asian people during this year, because I do think that we were up against some very tough obstacles. Yeah, for sure. And I love how our communities have come together. I love that the younger communities are like, no, we have to band together. This is affecting our unique cultures in two very different ways, but also in ways that the other can understand. Yeah. And so I loved seeing the protest in Koreatown with like lots of young black and Asian people getting active, getting activated and wanting to be a part of their community and a part of change. Yeah. I loved seeing, I think I just love seeing a lot of young people getting involved. I think that for far too long, we, we, I will say the older generation knew that these social injustices and, and, and inequities existed but didn't really do much about it. And I do give a lot of credit to Gen Z and to millennials for shaking up the system. I think because there was a massive digitalization that basically happened during the pandemic and all of this new and emerging technology came out, it really allowed people to be innovative. Right. No matter how young, how old, what color they are, it allowed people to tap into those creative parts of themselves to connect with others to impact and create change. Yeah. And I so agree. I'm super proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it is so, like you said, you know, the next generation, the young people, they're going to be our future. Right. And yeah. so I think for them, you know, we, you and I didn't grow up where we, we were like bombarded and, and, and we saw these things happen um, so vividly and so fast and so, and so visceral, um, you know, the images we've seen in the past year um, have been really traumatic um, mm-hmm. and have affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways but I think growing up with that um you know we didn't we didn't have that as I want to say like intensely as Gen Z has you know um we're kind of like in the middle right Right. where we were exposed to it um sure still earlier in our lives but but not so early where it's we're we're like at a very impressionable age right Mm -hmm. um and and I think with this whole digitization and, and social media really allows people to have a platform to have a voice to really speak up to really do something because I think even back then if you and I were you know 16 or 15 or, or 10 when this was happening I we wouldn't really have a a, a place to to speak up right like yeah, as yeah. much right so you mm-hmm. see with like Greta and all these like you know young people doing amazing work um mm-hmm. it gives me a lot of hope um for sure yeah is it just me or do you feel like celebrities 
for me, I feel like celebrities have been rendered very valueless to me this year. <laughs> no, real talk. I'm like, oh, you're a celebrity. Cool. But what are you doing? You said it so good. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't even realize that. I think my personal year has been insane as well. But I do yes. think like... I do think this illusion, this like thing of like a celebrity, like let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres for a second. Like what happened to her? Like poor, poor girl got knocked down. She got, you know, well-deserved. I mean, it was only a matter of time. But I do think that we put these people up on pedestals. And I think during a time like this where it's like, no, celebrities, they're just like us. Right. They can do something or they can do nothing. They might get COVID too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No one is safe. So let's not make it an us and them yeah. thing. Because really, we're all people. Right. And in this economy, who cares how famous you are and what clothes you wear? Right. What are you doing to help people right. around you pharrell yeah. williams stop telling me to donate to whatever charity you're pharrell motherfucking williams you are still living off of happy royalties right. why don't you go donate millions of dollars in our name yeah stop absolutely. telling me what to do celebrities for sure i think there was this this illusion this bubble this like the pedestal right the the wow ooh ah that's them and i'm here just totally got dismantled for me. I'm like, I don't care who you are, what you've done. What are you doing? Who Mm -hmm. are you being right? Like, are you, are you being a good human? And, and that's what it came down to for me. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Or like when not like, you know, when they get like these paid sponsorships or like these commercials like Reebok and McDonald's, like, dude, you know, you just this corporation, just corporation money, corporate money buying you. So you can put there, like, that's a sellout for me. Like I lose respect for them instantly, you know? Totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That, uh, my that, final point on in, in terms of culture is um, very similar to how women do not have a lot, or sorry, very similar to how our essential workers do not have a lot of social safety structures. We got to give it to our cultural and creative people as well. Yeah. Because the reality of, of creators, of create, of um, creators and creative people is that a lot of us are either independent or we're we're doing it in very small systems, nonprofit organizations, things like that, and we need more funding for these people who, as we said at top of segment of this particular segment, we need culture, yeah. we need new art, we need new ideas, we need these people to be funded either by a large institution, a large public institution, or smaller private institutions that care about culture and art. They need your help. Like the, right. the, the creators that are doing this all on their own need those big bucks to keep going. Because as we have just said, we need the art. We need these goods and services to keep ourselves going emotionally um, and to like quell our kids when, we're, when they're getting on our nerves and we need to like. <laughs> just put an iPad yeah. in front of them and tell them to be quiet. Well, I mean, um, I, it, it was, yeah. I think it, I think food and culture and art and music and fashion um, really make the world go around in a, in a different way, you know, um, in a much more therapeutic, soothing um, type of way that really balance out some of the more like structural things in our lives. Right. We are all, we are all innately creative. Yeah. Um, and so, and so I do think that, you know, my heart goes out to the food industry as well because I know they were hit hit so hard um but I also think in a way it's kind of like I don't know I have mixed feelings about the food industry because I feel like some of the food industry some of the the restaurants or whatever businesses that were never gonna make it kind of got like the early boot 
which could yeah. be a which could be a blessing in disguise. Um, True. I also think like these ginormous Michelin, like ooh, ah, a million dollars a, a plate for a tiny little scallop. Um, like we don't need any more of those. Do you know what I mean? Like, I agree. Like, I agree. Let them let yeah. let they talk about big bucks. I mean, so um, sure. I I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit kind of. I don't really fully know where I stand with the food industry. I just, I do know that my heart goes out for mostly the people behind the food industry, especially those who did pour their heart and soul um, Mm -hmm. into something that they might not see, um, you know, come to fruition. And that is difficult, but um, I just, I have, I have faith that, you know, everything happens for a reason and that maybe there's something bigger um, and beyond that we just can't see right now. So. Hearing you talk about food actually reminded me that I, I miss dining because I was one of those people that would go to a restaurant and have like three hour dinners. Yeah. And not until right now that I realized, oh, I do miss dining. But I understand what you mean about like those types of high concept, low nutrition yeah. restaurants. <laughs> That's what they should be called. <laughs> um, yeah. Like those sorts of places. Yes, we don't really need any more of you. But actually you said uh, one of my other favorite words, fashion. I, in in the thinking that artists need to be funded properly, I totally forgot, and I will make this very short. Two things about fashion. To anyone pre-pandemic that was like, I could live all my life in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Now you've done it. No, you can't. I know you're sick of it. I'm tired of putting on workout clothes every day. I think that we like, like let's get away from this belief of living in sweats. We've done it and it's tiring. And I know some of y'all out there forgot how to put on actual clothes because I forgot how to put on actual clothes, which brings me to my second question. I think fashion is going to be a ripping industry the minute the pandemic is over. Yeah. I think people are going to want to wear whatever the heck they want. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Whenever the heck they want. Yep. And, and as they should. I'm already planning my looks. Right. Finally, everyone's going to look good, right? Because people didn't look good for a whole year. (laughs) Sure. Or at least people are going to look how they want to look. If you want to grab that sparkly blue eyeshadow with green, lime green eyeliner to go to the grocery store, you do do that, you stylish individual. Ain't nobody going to judge you. We were all locked down for so long and haven't been able to express ourselves. I know. I I wore like platform heels to like the market the other day and I was like you know what I'm gonna shop in heels (laughs) like yes yes I I bought like a gold fringe disco jacket because I was like yes gold fringe disco jacket why don't I have one of these in my closet and I yes I will be wearing mine to the grocery (laughs) store as well yep yep and y'all get ready because the world's about to turn up and party Dionysus style once all of this is done seriously oh gosh which brings us to our third theme the environment Probably not good to party like it's Dionysus uh, and take care of the environment. But I will say I have never been so thankful for fresh air in my lungs than I was this year because any break from my four walls was welcomed. And that break generally was a walk or a run in the morning. And my God, those walks and runs kept me sane. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I've ever fully enjoyed walking alone Mm -hmm. so much in my life. Like for a while, I was a very like um, 
and sometimes I still am, you know, like I must be always be, be, be doing things and, and listening yeah. and, and, and learning. And for a while I would run with headphones um, all the time and music and like pumping music. And you know, like, I realized, you know, like maybe I should just walk alone in nature. And um, I am like fully obsessed now with like just being alone and walking and like looking at trees and Christmas decorations and mm. birds and like the, the quiet, without a phone like obviously during the daytime nothing's gonna happen to me but um yeah alone and just looking at shapes and colors and sizes and saying hi to strangers like I have never really realized how beautiful that can be and how soothing and and meditative um that experience can be as of late um that's new to me (laughs) I, I I really am impressed that you can walk in nature without anything. Zero, yeah. Quiet, I, silence. Maybe that's a new goal that I need to work out in 2021 because I don't know if I can do the same thing. Yeah, it was, un- it was uncomfortable at first and I felt like mm. something was missing. Um, and I realized like if I take my phone with me sometimes, I have a tendency to like want to like look at it or, or find something or put something on and I like, I just leave my phone at home. Um, mm, got it. So... I um I will say this year was the first time in a long time that I was able to look at a smogless Los Angeles, oh, California. Tell me about it. And, and anyone who's listening that lives in a place with a lot of smog could probably attest to that. And it was lovely. There were moments where I would look and see downtown and be like, oh my God, downtown. I had no idea you were as close as you were to me because all that smog made you feel so far. Yeah, I agree. I remember seeing those pictures of like before and after of like China, right? That was yes! that was super big. And then, and then and then when it happened here, I was like, wow, that's it's been like what thirty five years since downtown hasn't looked this this yeah. um, clean. Um, yeah, I think for me, it, it almost feels like everything became so much smaller and because COVID was so scary and so big, it really just makes me feel so. Um, like it's so precious. Like our, like life is so precious, right? Like every, every moment is so important. Every second counts. And I think seeing the world in those lens, you know, like thanking the trees, thanking the road, thanking the car, thanking traffic, like little things to, to, to be grateful for and to be excited about, like seeing people making eye contact, right? Like Mm -hmm. things that, that we didn't get to experience that we took for granted, um, you know, made, made my, my relationship with our environment, um, just, just totally different. Totally. Um, on a personal note, so two things happened on my property. I started composting. Yeah. I, I, I never thought I'd be one of those people. Legit pre-pandemic people who composted, I'd be like, ugh, like, oh God, you're a composter. And now I'm like, I love my compost. I don't put things in my compost. I send my fiance down to do that work and stir it up and all that Go-go. stuff. Go go. But 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 I now I'm a composter. I love and, you. Um, that brings me to my I think one of the bigger habits because you were talking about. Uh, breaking habits off camera or off mic camera and mic um I really got on top of my food waste issue Ooh, my fiance and I had a food waste problem prior to pandemic I will own it we threw away lots of food threw away a lot of food 
We would order out a lot. I guess I didn't have the appreciation for being able to go to the grocery store and get any kind of food I want when I want, come back and Mm. cook it and have reverence for it. I totally took it for granted. And then living through the pandemic where everything had a a purpose and if you didn't have a purpose for it you better fucking assign one to it because you want to eat that because you don't know when you're going to get another load of granny (laughs) smith apples or cherry tomatoes really uh forcing myself to have a a more have an appreciation for food Mm. was huge for me and i also think so i haven't been into a grocery store since march 16th really yeah, no, not at all. Oh, wow. At all. Well, because we have our dog food delivered and we also are part of a company called Imperfect Produce. So oh, yeah. I just do all of our grocery shopping through Imperfect Produce and through the local restaurants that are selling their groceries because I would rather put my money into that anyways. But one side effect that it had was going to the grocery store. I was always weaving through the aisles. What's new? Ooh, let me try this. Ooh, that seems interesting. <laughs> But when your options are just given to you, here they are, that's all you got, you're forced to A, make decisions, but also I was forced to break myself of the, but I would rather have. Right, right. But I would prefer, like, there's no preference. Right. There's no rather. Right, Beggars can't be choosers. You have your choices. You choose, make your choices, or figure out something else. But really, the something else didn't exist because I couldn't go to the grocery store. Mm. So... The food waste habit of mine has been broken, and I am so happy about that. Oh, that makes me so happy as well. Because I'm all about yes. the, the no wasting, and and I have my own my own uh, ups and downs with it because I do live in a city. Um, totally. So so yeah, that that's that's really wonderful to hear, and I'm sure a lot of people also started composting. You should see our compost pile; it's like scary. I, I can don't... only imagine. <laughs> You are all plant-based. I can only imagine what that looks like. The ecosystems that are forming in there. The like the tea, the liquid that's coming off of it. Smells like cheese. You're my compost queen. Ooh, I don't, I don't eat cheese. I don't eat cheese anymore. But I sure can smell it back there if I really wanna. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, my final point for this particular section, uh, and I think this is personal and also societal. I think that people had a firmer grasp and understanding on the 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 tentative tenuous balance of economic fragility oh, yeah. and environmental fragility. I knew it really crystallized for me. I think a lot of it, it crystallized for a lot of other people too. And I think people were forced to not be on autopilot and were forced to think about how the pandemic, how the, there's parallels between the pandemic and our uh, environment. Right, right, right. Oh, another. I just wanted to touch on another note. A sure. lot of people were posting about this, but like COVID isn't, isn't going to be racist, right? COVID isn't going to be selective. And so I Mm -hmm. think when you have something who is just, when you have something like COVID-19, that's not going to discriminate. You really start to think, you know, in a more worldly sense, you start to think about um, us together as a whole and not so much me against you, but now it becomes us against COVID. And I think, I think that perspective was really important because it didn't matter what color you were, what country you're from, what language you speak we are all fighting covid um and and i think it did bring bring that togetherness or that idea of of something more wholesome um a little bit more apparent 
for some people who hadn't thought like that in a long time. Um, yeah. I mean, we had our own stuff going on here in America, but, sure. but yeah, I think that, that idea, um, that 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 way of thinking was probably very surprising to some people um yeah i mean just like we only have one body and one shot at staying healthy and keeping healthy we only have one environment right and we got to keep it healthy as well and i think that that parallel really crystallized and unfortunately it took an entire pandemic and the entire world shutting down and a whole year and more yeah yeah um uh, and, and I hate silver linings. I think they're cheap and tawdry and tacky. But hey, the silver lining here is people woke up and saw that. And I think our world was able to heal. Envi- our environment was able to heal because of it. Yeah. I mean, nothing changes if nothing changes, right? Amen to that. Which takes us to our final theme. How have we changed? Ooh. I know this is the only part of this. I have no notes for this section. Every other section I had notes for. This one is totally off the cuff. Um, I'll start. So I picked up meditation after many, many years of you telling me I should. I finally (laughs) did. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Hollis. Um, Me and Hollis are secretly best friends. We just don't know it yet. Exactly. (laughs) We're like the same person. (laughs) I am... I think the thing that I learned about myself was that I'm good with me. Like I got me, if Mm. that makes any sense. But I do, I have felt like fears creeping up. Mm -hmm. Like I notice if I have to go into a place, I'm like now very reticent and very skittish. Mm. I don't want to go in there. I don't want you guys in your germs. Like, ah, Mm. that's scaring me. Um, And so I am wondering, like, I can feel those kind of anxieties starting to creep up. Interesting. And you're, you're so like big and like, you're like, you were, your presence is so welcoming. So I can only imagine what that is like, like for you. It's not good. Yeah. You have these like extreme energies, right? The, the. Totally. Your, your natural energy. And now this energy that is, that is kind of like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I I know you so well. So thank you. Uh, so yeah, so I can feel that anxiety and I, I'll be honest and upfront, if anyone else is feeling the same way, I don't even know how to, how to begin to undo those anxieties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate. I think, yeah, I think it's like, you have to kind of almost, I feel like you have to almost like pull yourself out of your own body and like Mm -hmm. see things on a different level so you can make sure that you are okay in that moment yeah that sounds weird but I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the only way um that that that, that's the only way I can I can describe it as of this moment um (laughs) yeah I uh I'm I feel like this year was (laughs) like I feel like this year was like for me like a slap in the face and then after like it slapped me in the face it like pulled me in and gave me a good hug and was like you know why I slapped you right (laughs) like like it was like this I'm not trying to be sexual at all if it's coming off sexual (laughs) (laughs) totally no but I understand what you're saying yeah gonna blow out our mics here um yeah it's um it's um it was this weird, like, not weird. It, it happened. Okay. It happened the way it happened. To ha- it had to happen. And I just mm-hmm. feel like I have grown immensely in terms of 
like my like my own emotions and and my like victim mm-hmm. my victimhood was definitely like get that out of there quick because that ain't helping you yeah. um and my limiting beliefs and and everything I still obviously deal with on a day-to-day basis but if anything I fully solidified like a morning routine um, and that has probably been one of the biggest and bestest made up a word mm-hmm. um, thing I've ever I've ever done for myself. So I have only COVID to thank for that because if if I did if COVID didn't happen, I would either be distracted or I'd yeah. have I'd have like some kind of job to distract me as well, um, or you know all the other stuff that people are dealing with as well that that I I wouldn't have been forced to look at myself and be like, hey, put your big girl pants on. You know what I mean? Totally. Like. Yeah. I don't know about you. I've actually, I spent a lot of time reading about millennials this year. I spent a lot of time reading about me and people in my generation this year. Um, because there was a problem in, in all this sitting with myself, I kept noticing something, some, like something that you kind of just touched on this idea of like always needing to be doing something, mm-hmm. always needed to be moving, producing, whatever. And I wanted to know why it felt like, feels like our generation is wired that way. Yeah, right. We feel like the optimized generation, more so than the the generations before us. Um, can't really speak for Gen Z on that one, but uh, I was trying to figure out why. Like, how come? Because for me, it's like, if you're going to watch a movie, Alana, it's a treat. Yeah. You better have oh all my... your work done. Yes, me too. Absolutely. It's a waste of and time. Like, <laughs> if I, if well, I, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also couldn't figure out why. Like, right. I people were like yeah i'm just binge watching this that and the other and i'm like why can't i just sit down and watch a movie at 12 16 on a thursday afternoon mm-hmm. and realizing that it's it's our generation it's the way that our generation was sort of raised and optimized to be little worker bees and little productivity people and I think one of the habits that I've been trying to break is that instinct mm-hmm. because during a time like this we're like you can only work so hard and do so much, but like as an actress slash podcaster, you know, there's only so many guests I could get. There's only yeah. so many books to read. There's only so many jobs I can audition for. So if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting and not doing anything, that's not a bad thing. I am right. not lazy or ineffective. Right. There's just nothing to do at the moment. <laughs> and I think having to unlearn that was really difficult it was just truly difficult a, a lot i think it was probably the hardest thing that the hardest habit i had to break yeah i can totally relate and i think you and i are the same kind of people in that way and i think that's why we were attracted to each other in the first place and why we do work together so well in that sense is that like 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 when i was talking about my walks like even my like my 30 minute to an hour walk quiet by itself felt like a waste of time and for me to really like unlearn like you said unlearn that and like that conditioning of like I think it's also our parents you know we have very similar parents that 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 were very strict and and very stern in their teachings you know and growing up I, I couldn't I couldn't just watch a movie um not do anything my mom always gave me something to do while I was watching something yeah and so I always had to be folding clothes or doing something and so I think that that childhood condition 
conditioning is also still very much ingrained. And now because there is so much space, mm-hmm. all of that is kind of coming up in this form of like guilt, shame, insecurity, yep. totally. um, you know, all these feelings that we're also very used to and know very well. Um, and that we have to get to know the other stuff, which is, you know, relax, treat yourself. It's okay. And like, what I've really learned is like, sometimes the like, I, I think of it like a working out analogy, right? Like, if you want abs, if you want muscle, you have to, like, you rip them, right? Yes. And yeah. the only way to make them bigger is to rip them, but they actually mm-hmm. get bigger when you're resting. Yeah. When 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 you're not doing anything, so, like, they can actually, that's when, and, like, that analogy to me was, like, holy shit. So, it's when I'm not doing anything is, like, the idea is when I'm not doing anything is when I'm growing, when you can totally. kind of let that all sink in. Woo! And that it had to be kind of, it had to be phrased in that extreme way for me, because I, if I didn't kind of rehearse that of like, it's when you are in your downtime that you are actually putting the pieces are being put together in your brain. Um, that was big. And I was like, okay, so I need to carve out more of that time. Um, Definitely. Consciously, right? And so that's why we love our little life tracker planners. Those help a totally. ton. Oh, yeah. Um, to round this out, our life tracker go. planners help a lot in that sense. And yeah, wow, what a year, huh? I know. Yeah, definitely. I have Crazy. one last thing that I just realized. Yeah. We got really good at apologizing this year, but that wasn't, I wasn't like out <laughs> to be a better apologizer. I feel like because so much was unknown in this year, you know, if, if I got to a, a, a guest a little bit later than I wanted to, or something went wrong in, in, in the face mask ordering and shipping, I feel like I was just like verbal diarrhea, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I will figure it out. I am so sorry. I did not intend for this to happen. I am so sorry. This was super unexpected. I am so sorry, 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 sorry. Like, I feel like I said sorry so much this year that now I just feel like I am like the atomic apologizer and I, I'm incredibly good at it. And transparency is now a, a yeah. thing and 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 I think that because of the pandemic transparency and apologizing became things I had to get really good at and I I think I'm on that right track yeah. I would rather not be like verbal diarrhea apologizing but hey right. some is right. better than that you gotta start somewhere um yeah That's true. I, I do think if anything like this this year really like humbled a lot of people you know sure. and and I think if that's like the overall one of the bigger themes, one of the biggest themes is like, we all had to be humble because we were forced to. um, And also um, because we were at the mercy of a virus. And when that happens, you have to just lay low, you know, you have to count your blessings. And and I think that's good. I think the world somehow needed something like this. So it, it like I said, so things could change for, for better or for worse, but things change. Right. And, and totally. change is, is uh is is eminent so mic drop Ooh. i would actually drop my mic but then i couldn't do the outro of the show but i think that's a great place to leave it um that's our show guys again we inspire you guys to get reflective we inspire you to to think about the goodness that happened to you this year it's super easy to get caught up in the negative you know fuck that like like let's think positive believe in yourself if you made it whether or not you made it with or without COVID, healthy or not, maybe you put on a little bit weight, a little bit of weight, maybe you didn't. Who cares? You made it, and you are a rock star. Do not think for a second that any of the tragedy and chaos that happened in this year makes you any less than, because it doesn't. We made it. We're amazing, and we're gonna keep going into 2021. Absolutely, well said. Another mic drop. 
Okay, we are the Black and Yellow Podcast. If you want to chat with us, if you want to follow us on the Insta, we are at Black and Yellow Podcast. If you want to send us an email and tell us some private personal thoughts, podcast blackandyellow at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us individually. I am Alana Webster, but on the gram, I am at Renegade of Fun. I am Jacqueline Chung-Young on the gram. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can leave a little uh, rate and review. That helps us keep our little child growing. Um, And we hope you really enjoyed this episode. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. If you don't celebrate holidays, a wonderful December. Seasons are changing. Times are changing. The new year is approaching. And (laughs) and we hope to hear from you guys and um, have a wonderful, wonderful day night wherever you are yeah guys we love you talk to you next week bye, bye.